Welcome to the Happy, Healthy, Strong podcast. Our goal is to equip you with the knowledge and tools you need to make lasting changes in your health. Society has trained us to think that Western medicine is the answer to long-term health, but this approach only treats symptoms and never addresses the root cause. Without a new approach, our community will experience unnecessary sickness and suffering. We teach the functional health model to educate and empower listeners on their journey to a happier, healthier, and stronger life. My name is Paige, and I'm a certified holistic health coach. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Alex Arguello, doctor of chiropractic and functional health practitioner. Join us as we unpack some of the most pressing health challenges facing our community today. Welcome back to the Happy Healthy Strong podcast. We are continuing to talk about the topic of pregnancy, but a little deviation in what we've been talking about. I am for this episode going to give some of my input on a lot of the books that I have read and would recommend to anyone who's pregnant. So Dr. Alex will just insert comments here and there, but (laughs) he hasn't read all of these. Um, Before I had my first child, had a lot more time in my life, and I was able to read a lot or listen to audiobooks, and so that's how I read all of these and more. But um, I'm really passionate about this topic in general because I think the more you know, the more empowered you'll feel going into birth and just raising the child and all of that, And um, but you can't hold too tightly to any of your expectations for all of that because there's always things that come up that aren't exactly planned but I think just arming yourself with the knowledge will help in general yeah so the first book that so I'm first going to talk about my top three if you could only pick three if your time is more limited these are the definite best three books that I would recommend just look at you my breath from our workout sure worked (laughs) Um, hard for 35 minutes 38 38. minutes and 20 seconds. There you go. That was a long time. Um, So, yeah, first three books I would definitely recommend to probably everyone, even if you have had children before, but you are just kind of educating yourself on what it looks like to have a more natural pregnancy or childbirth. These are the three, and then the rest of them are kind of more would be nice to read, but yeah. So the first one is Ina May's Guide to Childbirth by Ina May Gaskin. I feel like a lot of people have heard of this. Um, Ina May is kind of a legendary midwife. She has had a practice for over 40 years in Tennessee. I think they're still running um, the farm, which is pretty cool. So they do, it's kind of like a birth center, I guess. Right. Um, But they do natural birth there. And so she has delivered hundreds of, maybe thousands of babies and yeah tons of stories and experience from that so the first half of this book (coughs) is all birth stories which is interesting but I read that the first time and then this pregnancy I skipped that part (laughs) I just went to the second half but I think there is value in in hearing birth stories they're not all like rainbows and sunshine they are kind of they have some examples of things that just come up in birth that are good to kind of mentally prepare yourself for the possibilities of but it's good to just kind of hear how these women got through it their mindset and 
all of that, the things that helped them. Yeah, I'm sure, especially if this is, uh, if somebody's never been pregnant or if they're pregnant now for the first time going into, there's just a lot of uncertainty that can, that can be there. Um, which when you're talking about physical health, when you, when you are uncertain, that's a form of stress, you know, it can just bring stress response happening in your body. So you don't want that continually happening as you just are thinking ahead they go, oh man, what is labor going to be like? What's delivery going to be like? Right. So even if they're not, you know, like you said, roses and rainbow stories, it at least gives you some peace of mind of, oh, this is what potentially could happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think especially with our culture, like the way that birth has been portrayed to us growing up all through movies and things like that are, is just like a woman whose water breaks and then she starts screaming that she needs yeah. to go to the hospital and then it's this whole dramatic has thing. Has it in a yeah. taxi or something like that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is this will definitely help you like realize that that is not how it is the majority of the time. It yeah. can really it can be quite peaceful, sure, um, and happy. So, um, okay, the second half of the book is really where really like all the good content is it's all about what the female body is capable of in terms of birth so it's super empowering and reassuring that our bodies are designed to do this and it backs that claim up with science and evidence about our bodies and so I think like for me I had not an ideal birth with my first but it's reading this again getting ready to have my second it's been the book that's been help, the most helpful for me to get back in the mindset and regain the confidence since I did not have the outcome of birth that I had envisioned the first time. Yeah. This has been the most helpful f to, fr to just like reground myself that, yes, my body can do this, even mm -hmm. though I needed it needed some additional help the first time around it doesn't mean that it totally is not capable of doing this like right. there's plenty of examples in the book of why you know we're meant to do this and even if you had xyz happen yeah yeah i mean i think so much of how people view um labor and delivery is well most people go to a hospital to do it um and i think even if you have the understanding that you're not sick during pregnancy, you're you're at least going to the place where sick people go. Right. So it can just do something to you mentally that, yeah. okay, this is a, it is a medical condition or, you know, there's, there is something that's about to happen that requires medical intervention. You know, so I think having the mindset of, oh, people for thousands of years have been doing this without any sort of medical intervention. Yeah. And, and all around the world are still doing it. All yeah. around the world are still doing it. Um, that at least the human body is capable of, of doing this. This is what it was created to do. This is one of the most important things that it, that a woman's body does do. Um, so just should just give you some, some confidence. Um, but also knowing that if something were to you know, go sideways, that there's always this amazing system that can intervene. Exactly. You know, save your life, save child's life, yeah. you know, um, make things, whatever's needed to be able to, to have be happen. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so some topics that the book covers are the power of the mind-body connection and how it affects labor, which is super crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, what happens in the in labor physically to your body all the different steps and all the things that are actually going on to make 
everything happened to birth the baby. Um, and then how you can reduce the pain of labor without using drugs. Um, tips for maximizing your chances of an unmedicated birth. And this is, by the way, this book I think is good for both hospital and home birth right. or birth center if that's an option. Right. Um, also common she talks a lot about common methods of inducing labor and what you would especially want to avoid. Cause I think a lot of times, especially if all you take like for education when you're pregnant is like the hospital mm. education class, they're going to make a lot of these things sound a lot more normal and like, well, at this point we do, we give Pitocin and this right. and this and this. And so she kind of breaks that down and explains why you might want to just like raise a, yellow flag to some of those things. Yeah. Um, and then she talks about the risk of anesthesia. So like an epidural and C-sections, what your doctor doesn't usually tell you. And then also how to create a comfortable and safe environment for birth in any setting, whether it is at the hospital or home. Um, so yeah, I would recommend reading or rereading this book probably with every pregnancy, unless you're like Emily, your wife, who's <laughs> done it so many times she probably no, I think she would definitely yeah read it yeah 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 again it's just uh even if you've been through it a number of times it's it's just something it's a big deal you know going into yeah. to well just pregnancy in general it's going through the whole thing is a big deal but then going into labor and delivery is a it's not I mean I guess you could say it's kind of like riding a bike but it's definitely not like riding a right bike. every time is <laughs> and so and everything is different and you know there's not, there's not pain, there's not stress, there's not, you know, all of the different hormonal changes that are happening um, with riding a bike. So <laughs> it's, it's nowhere <laughs> near riding true. a bike. So true. So yeah, it is, it's always good to have, you know, some peace going into this. It's good to have some confidence going into it. It's, mm -hmm. it's good to just be reminded that other women have done it. It's right. good to be reminded that there's somebody who's an expert who has seen thousands of these done yes. and she's kind of um, assuring you that this is the way that things can go and, and, and sh really should go, you could say. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's yeah. a great recommendation. Yeah. Um, so I have a quote from this book. It says, remember this, for it is as true as it gets. Your body is not a lemon. You are not a machine. The creator is not a careless mechanic. Human female bodies have the same potential to give birth well as aardvarks, lions, rhinoceri, elephants, moose, and water buffalo. Even if it has not been your habit throughout your life so far, I recommend that you learn to think positively about your body. Nice. Yeah. So then the second book that I would highly recommend that, especially if you kind of nerd out on our podcast, I think <laughs> you would really like it a lot because it goes deep into very technical nutrition um, principles and kind of the science and research behind them. So this is Real Food for Pregnancy, The Science and Wisdom of Optimal Prenatal Nutrition by Lily Nichols. And so this book is nutritional advice in great detail. It's in alignment with the Weston A. Price and Sally Fallon research that we have referenced on this podcast. It's a very clear guide on what to eat and why with research to back up every recommendation. It's one of the most comprehensive and well-referenced resources on prenatal nutrition. My midwife is actually took a nutrition class recently and they used this book as their textbook. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I think that's pretty cool. Very cool. Um, some key topics covered. This is a very practical book. 
it's going to just give it to you straight. <laughs> no okay. birth stories here. No um, foods that build a healthy baby, foods that don't build a healthy baby, meal plan, examples and recipes, which I find super helpful. I've made a lot of the recipes and they're all really good. They, some of them, she, she's a big liver okay. um, proponent. So a lot of them try to incorporate liver in sneaky ways. Um, she talks all about supplements and also she goes into detail on different lab tests that you can do that they don't like the, it's not just the standard practice, but it's a little bit beyond what you would normally get. And she talks through what you would want to see the different levels for all the different nutrients and really into depth on that. So cool. I reference this often. It's kind of just always, it's some, it goes between the living room and the kitchen all the mm -hmm. time because I'm using it to cook or I'm just reading it in the living room I frequently make the recipes. So for this one, a quote from the book, real food. I think this this quote is a great, um, just for us anyway, because we're always talking about real food versus like processed or fake food. Yeah. So this is her definition of real food. And I think this is really good to bring us back to that. Real food is as close to the source as possible and grown and raised in conditions that maximize nutrient density. Real food is minimally processed, so it appears just like you would find it in nature. And real food often does not have a label, but when it does, it is made with simple simple ingredients and no additives. Nice. Yeah. So that's a really good one, especially for people who kind of love to learn more about that sort of stuff. Um, the third book that I would say everyone should read in pregnant this one I would read it at least start it toward the end of pregnancy and then keep it like on your bedside table once you have the baby it's called The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding and this is written by La Leche League International and so if you've heard of La Leche League it's a nonprofit organization they help mothers breastfeed they're big on like mother to mother support encouragement information and education it's really helpful i went to they were virtual meetings when i had my daughter but it, it's just it was like a zoom meeting totally free you know anyone could get on local people and just these moms who are passionate about breastfeeding and i hopped on and i said i have a new baby i'm not sure you know is this normal is this not yeah. any topic um related to breastfeeding or even just like new mom life and they're just there to give their compassion and advice and support so yeah. anyway so that's the organization who put together this book so it's really an all-encompassing guide um you can read it straight through or you can use it as a reference guide which i would kind of do both i would at least start the first couple chapters they talk about like the toward the end of pregnancy they talk about birth and then the key is like breastfeeding once you have the baby because those first couple days are really important to mm -hmm. just get things started mm -hmm. and especially if you've never done it before it's not as just like natural or yeah. easy as yeah. you might think it is and um it yeah, and then it walks through all the different stages of the baby. So then I would maybe put the book down and pick it up in a couple months when you get to, okay, now my baby's in the three to six month stage and it's got a chapter for that. And now we're introducing 
food and so how does that work with breastfeeding and so it addresses all those different topics all the way through weaning um, when you're ready to do that and so it talks about breastfeeding in relation to different areas such as sleep if you have to return to work it goes through stuff on that if you're traveling and then like when you're ready to wean how you can go about that nice yeah it's really great so yeah, full disclosure, I haven't read the <laughs> woman's guide to breastfeeding, but I'm, ass- I'm assuming with everything that you've said, there's a there's a part of it that talks about the importance of breastfeeding. Yes, yeah, definitely at the beginning, yeah, where like all the nutrients, the benefits, and of course, like get the baby fed. However, yeah. you can get the baby fed, but there is undoubtedly like okay. an infinite. <laughs> you know, number of reasons to breastfeed yeah. and talks about that. Yeah. So I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody reference the book, but the actual La Leche League. Yeah. Um, one of the, the things that I've noticed about them, which is patients that I've dealt with that, that work with them is they are, um, they try to do, they try to help you in any way to keep you breastfeeding. So, right. and that's different than what I see of people who aren't using something like that because unfortunately um, it's just been, really we're taught that formula is just as good as breast milk. Mm -hmm. So if there's any sort of struggle um, with breastfeeding, then it's just really easy to just switch over to to formula. Or if a woman doesn't even want to try breastfeeding, it's just really simple to just switch over to formula. Um, But I like to see formula as kind of like a medical intervention, right? It's there if it's kind of needed in an emergency situation. But breastfeeding is the way that it was supposed to happen, the way really that it should happen. So we should at least try mm-hmm. hard um, to make it happen. Um, and then if not, then there's kind of, I wouldn't say lateral shifts, but there's closer shifts to breast milk than, than you would just go and buy a, you know, an Infamil or something right. like that. So absolutely. Um, which, you know, there's recently when we're doing the show, of, of, I don't know how long ago, six months ago, there yeah. was a, there was a uh, formula shortage. Yeah. And I was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> in one way, right? Totally, yeah. You know, people that need it, you know, obviously Stressful. didn't want people starving. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I think more people in that, what I observed just from being in mom, like Facebook groups and stuff, more people were leaning on others for donor breast milk yeah. and stuff like that. So yes. that's exactly like Well, yeah, it just made people think and be creative mm-hmm. of, you know, how can I get my increase baby fed? Increase my supply. Yeah. How can I yeah. increase my supply? Mm-hmm. How can I access different resources? Right. Um, you know, I even had a patient that was asking me about formula, so then I was able to have the conversation about, well, I really wouldn't recommend those formulas anyway. Have you looked into this? And they mm-hmm. started looking into, you know, getting donor milk and, um, so somebody never even thought of that before this right. shortage happened. Right. So yeah, there was definitely some, it was a blessing in disguise in some ways. Yeah, totally. And I wish I had looked up this quote. I think this is from the book. It said something about how 90 something, like the vast majority, maybe 95, I, I'd have to look it up, but um, percent of women can breastfeed with no problem like there's only a very small percentage of women who truly can't it it might be even less than five percent but I think a lot of people in our culture nowadays just if they try it and it doesn't work out right away they give up but really like there and I had a lot of struggles with this and so maybe we'll do a whole episode on breastfeeding with our series but there are, it's a great resource to just encourage you that there are ways to increase your supply. There are ways to like press on and keep doing this. You know, it's, you don't have to 
make sure that your baby is getting like a certain number of ounces per day. Like doctors might try to yeah. like, convince you. I don't know. It's yeah. ju- it was just very encouraging. I think. Well, the most percentage of, sorry of to interrupt women, you there, yeah. but you made me think of something when they're, when they're like saying, Hey, you know, you have to get this many ounces and that stuff. That's all based off of like how well the baby's growing and how they measure how well the baby's growing is they measure the baby. Right. And then they compare it to percentiles of the world when most babies are, are, <laughs> unfortunately coming from unhealthy moms and they're going to have, you know, unhealthy birth weights and, right. you know, and, and then if they're fed formula, they're going to be gaining more weight than the potential they should. So that's mm. not necessarily the best way to be measuring yes. if your baby's healthy or not. Exactly. So, yeah, I think we should probably plan on just doing a whole episode on, okay. on this, <laughs> but that book, oh, it does. One of the other things I love about it is it has like a troubleshooting section where you can just look up in an index, you know, this is my problem and then reference this page. So some of those topics are low milk supply, colic, reflux, mastitis, supplementation, tongue tie, weight gain issues. So you can, if you're struggling with any of those things, you can just reference like, and it's quick what you need to know straight to the point information. So I think it's really great just to have on hand, like I said bedside table sort of thing um quote from the book breastfeeding is a connection as well as a food source a baby's first human relationship designed to gentle him into the world with far more than just immune factors and good nutrition so that's even more we can talk all about all the great things about nutrition but then there's that whole component of what it does relationally and all that for the baby right huge Mm -hmm. that can't come in a formula no um okay so those are the top three now these ones i'm going to go a little faster (laughs) sure um if you are a first-time mom i would recommend getting mama naturals week by week guide for pregnancy by genevieve howland it is just as it sounds a week by week guide it details different aspects of a healthy natural pregnancy it's very much um assuming you are baseline knowledge of like zero like you don't know anything and it really explains just the basics here's your options here's what this means and all that um tips and tricks advice from different birth professionals she's got little parts in there from doulas and lactation consultants and things like that talks about a lot of different topics but some of them are creating a birth plan tests and screenings during each trimester so you know what to prepare yourself for, pain management during labor, um, movement during pregnancy, and pelvic health, and as well as baby positioning, which is very important. So that one is definitely a first-time mom sort of book if you don't know what you're getting into. I've kind of picked it up a little bit through the second time, but I'm like, okay, I got most of this this time. (laughs) Um, Another great one I would recommend for postpartum preparation is called The First 40 Days, The Essential Art of Nourishing the New Mother by Hang Ao. O-U is her last name. Okay. Um, so this book is based on ancient traditions around the world, but especially Chinese traditions. The author is from a Chinese background, and so it talks about how critical those first 40 days postpartum are to a mother's healing after birth. Like we had kind of mentioned that in one of our yeah. recent episodes of just taking that time to heal. Mm-hmm. Um so it talks about how to, pre- so this one you should probably pick it up before you have the baby 
and at least get it started, even though it's postpartum, because it'll help you prepare for postpartum, <coughs> especially in terms of preparing freezer meals, establishing your support network, and emphasizing the necessity of rest. And about half of the book is detailing healing foods and recipes for the immediate postpartum period. So it's actually half like a cookbook, which is really great too. Um, it talks all about the foods that'll give you the most bang for your buck in terms of restoring all the nutrients and things and also in connection with breastfeeding, what you need to be getting and stuff like that. Nice. Um, a quote from this book. So it's talking about how babies get all the love and attention right after birth. It says, but somehow we have forgotten the time honored wisdom that this special cocoon of care should extend to the mother as well. In those first 40 days, the old ways teach that an amazing opportunity presents itself to a woman. During this time, she can revitalize herself and replenish her reserves creating a solid foundation from which to tackle the demands of mothering. So it's really focused on the mom, which a lot, not a lot of things are. It seems yeah. everything is focused on the baby. And it's really kind of in line with what we've talked about nutritionally. It probably got a little bit more of the almost like traditional Chinese sure. herbal, you know, a lot of herbal things and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I did last time I went to the, Asian grocery store and got like all this weird stuff okay. <laughs> to like prepare some recipes. So did you like them? Some of them, <laughs> <laughs> not all of them. I don't know. <clears throat> they talk about like black sesame seeds. That's an easy one. Then there was also like some weird meat things and um, like Chinese red dates, I think are in there. So there's, there's some interesting stuff, but yeah, nice. stuff that you can't just get at the sure. average grocery store. Takes some getting used yep. to. <clears throat> Next one. I have not personally read. I read parts of it. I um, asked my husband to read it. It's called the birth partner by Penny Simkin. So this, it's a lot of details on labor, the process of labor, through the eyes of the support person. And it also talks about a little bit of late pregnancy and postpartum, but I think the bulk of the book is like, here's what's happening in labor. Here's how you're going to help this mama get through. Mm -hmm. And so there's lots of ideas. This is why I really like it when I flipped through it. Lots of ideas for comfort measures and techniques that, you know, when you're the birthing person, you don't want to be... <laughs> looking up in a book and right. or like trying to remember all these different things so it's really nice it's written I think also a lot of doulas have read this book too so that it's a really good reference for them um, and then my favorite thing that I came across in this book is called the take charge routine so it's a step-by-step how-to guide to help the mom in labor when things get intense, when she feels panicked or frightened or is losing composure. So it basically is like when you see these signs that she's kind of losing control and getting panicked and that sort of thing, you walk through these five steps or whatever it is and the, like here's how you can bring it back, like recenter, calm things down, like refocus the situation and it walks you through exactly how to do that. So I told my nice. husband, like, bookmark this page. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
it's probably going to happen at some point. Right. <laughs> know what to do. He did not, I don't think, get that far in the book last time. And I was like, dang <laughs> oh, it, I no. needed that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's part of that, that five-step process, but one of the, the big things with um, either doula, which they're, you know, they've, they're kind of experts in this sort of thing. Yeah. But husband, if you guys have talked prior to labor and delivery and there is a plan, birthing plan, which hopefully there is some sort of a plan, it's good for the husband to know that in case, you know, the woman does get overwhelmed and, you know, is emotional and can't think clearly. Yes. It's very easy when you're in a bunch of pain and overwhelmed when somebody says, hey, this is when we should intervene and you just totally throw out your birthing plan. Right. You know, if you didn't want to have these interventions, but then you're kind of like, oh, I'm desperate right now. Yeah. That's when, you know, husband can step in and say, well, no, this remember, this is yes. what we were wanting to do. We had talked about this and yeah, yeah that's good for sure. Um, okay. And then the last two books I want to mention are about kind of baby care once you have the baby. So the first one is called Sleeping With Your Baby, A Parent's Guide to Co-Sleeping by James McKenna. So I think whether you plan to or not, most parents end up bringing the baby into their bed at some point. And it is so, 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 so important to know how to do this safely. Mm -hmm. So even whether you plan on fully embracing co-sleeping, bed sharing, and that sort of thing like we did, or if you plan to like keep the baby in a bassinet and they're just going to stay there. I think everyone should read this because no matter what, probably almost everyone can relate that at some point you've got the baby in bed and you're nursing and you fall asleep or something. So I think it's really important that everyone, it's super short. It's very to the point as well. And it talks about how to do this safely because the stories that you hear, the tragic stories are people who did not do it safely yeah. and clearly didn't read this book or yeah. do their research in some way or another right. on how to do it safely. Right. Um, yep. So then, and then the last book I will recommend, one that you recommended to me, How to Raise a Healthy Child in Spite of Your Doctor by Robert S. Mendelson. So yeah. he's a pediatrician, which the I love the title. It's so like <laughs> spicy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for like, oh, wait, what? You don't want me to take my child to the doctor? But it emphasizes the inherent wisdom of parents and grandparents for their children. Um, it talks about a lot about how most things get better by morning, which I feel like is very comforting because uh, these days, especially with Google and <laughs> all of that, right, you right, can right. just you can get in a spiral of like, whoa, like my kid has a fever. And what if it's this and what if it's that? But mm-hmm. it's like t- talks all about, OK. The body is doing what it needs to do to fight off the infection or whatever it may be. Right. So I think that's been helpful. Yeah, it's just, it's uh, it's an amazing book. And <clears throat> I mean, Dr. Mendelssohn has passed. And it, so this is a book that was written a long time ago. But it's really, I mean, I, I don't know it, it, how many people are just familiar with like the family doctor. Um, I know we have kind of general practitioners and maybe what would be considered family practices now. And, and some of them probably practice this um, same way, but it was, you know, you went to your doctor and they in, try to encourage you as the, the mother or father that you know more about your child than I do, right? So yeah. you're the one that's going to know what's really going on with him. You know, I just have, you know, textbooks and mm-hmm. medical school and, and, and clinical experience, but 
I'm not around your child as much as you are, so right. you're going to know him, them better than than I would. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of without, re- he's not a chiropractor, but he kind of sounds a lot like a chiropractor of mm-hmm. just, hey, the body can heal itself. The body, you know, is very intelligent and knows how to function, knows how, knows how to self-regulate, knows how to self-heal. We just have to give it some time to be able to do that before intervening. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of how family doctors used to practice prior to everything just becoming so much part of this big system of, right. you know, you know, seeing people and um, performing procedures and giving out medications and things like that. So yeah. it's, a, it's a great book. Definitely. And it covers a lot of different topics, like kind of um, you can reference the different chapters as you need. There's a section on headaches, stomach aches, coughs, earaches, skin issues, etc. So that's a good one to keep on hand as well and through childhood for sure. Yep. All right. So that's all I got. I had, nice. to, I had to get it down to those books, so hopefully <laughs> those are helpful. But let us know if you've read any of these, what your favorite parts are, and um, definitely pass this along to anyone who you think may find it helpful. If they are pregnant, planning to get pregnant, or anything like that, we would love to reach more people. Be sure to um, follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook group. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.